Good morning, my Frankly Ferguson friends. Today I am interviewing Jamie Balliet from the State Theater Center for the Arts in Easton, Pennsylvania. Jamie is the Senior Vice President who assists President and CEO Shelley Brown in the daily management of the administrative branch of the organization. She is responsible for all aspects of marketing in all media forms and all press relations of the State Theater, the Gallery, and the Freddie Awards program. She played an integral role in the development of the Freddie Awards program and serves as the Freddie Awards telecast producer, for which she has won three Emmy Awards. Jamie has also been awarded an honorary Lehigh Valley Music Award for her work at the State Theater and the Freddie Awards and sits on many boards, including the Development Committee of the GLV LGBT Business Council and Discover Lehigh Valley. So welcome, welcome, Jamie. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. You're welcome. I'm so excited to chat with you. So first, I wanted to start this conversation off with a discussion on the extremely negative impact COVID-19 has had on the closure of entertainment venues and really dive into how people can help. I love the State Theater. It is such a lovely place inside. It's it's just a throwback. It's it's beautiful. And there are always incredible shows at your venue. I've attended many. I've brought my daughter. I've interviewed some of the incredible talent who's been fortunate enough to perform on your stage. I, I simply love it. Good. And thought of you guys not making it through this or other venues closing due to the pandemic truly grabs my heart. So, Jamie, why don't you discuss with me the impact this has had on the State Theater a bit and also let us know how how we can help. Okay. Um, Yeah, it's very, very trying time and uh, challenging time for all the venues um, in the country. Um, It impacts much more than than uh, just our business. You know, um, a lot of uh, downtown shops and other tourist uh, designations rely on us, restaurants, for being uh, able to bring people downtown. Sure. If you can have 1,500 people downtown in one night, you know, the, the city's going to be booming. Right. So um, we're just one of the many, almost, I think, <laughs> hundreds, if not thousands of independent venues who are in this same position. Um, I did read an article in the New York Times about Broadway being the uh, most uh, moneymaker for tourism. Wow. And it's closed. So yeah. New York is really, really hurting. Um, you can see yeah. it all around the world. Um, of course, there are many other priorities. Um <laughs> before us um, in terms of getting the country back um, together, um, getting fighting the virus, all that stuff. But it seems that um, venues themselves have been sort of neglected. Um, yeah. Right now with PA, we're, we're in with any other tiny organization and it's 25 people indoors. Yeah. So there's no way to financially be stable on that um that probably doesn't even cover your your operation costs no luckily um there was a group of like-minded people um who created this organization called niva n-i-v-a it's national independent venues association and are heavily um uh, working with uh, politicians that have joined 
the quote-unquote fight for us. Um, you know, financially, we're not just talking about, if you think of a venue, most people just think about what ends up on stage. But right. there's all these pieces to it. Um, we're talking about layoffs of, you know, um, stage hands, uh, marketing people. You know, it, it goes on right. and on and on. And it, it's much bigger than just our building. Um, right now we're in a challenge in terms of programming because we have to rely on the agents. And mm -hmm. if the agents aren't ready and the artists aren't ready, we can't be ready. So there's a lot of unknown about it. Um, we do have good support in the Senate and Congress, but you know that this is an election time. People are right. focused on other things. People are obviously focused on COVID. Um, it, it was, it was, our goal was to like have it uh, passed in September, but that never happened. So the question is, is will it happen? And, and when will it happen? Um, what, people can do in the community is write to their Congress people um, and their senators, this is federal level, um, mm -hmm. and encourage them to support this bill. And the bill itself would establish a fund that could get some of these um, people paid that are really just have been furloughed since mm -hmm. March, um, and also maybe help some of the, the venues out as well. Um, so that's a big, big part of it. We also uh, created a, a GoFundMe. We have an absolutely amazing development, Vice President Denise Smith, who has um, really, really, really worked hard to get some private funding um, for us to at least have a skeletal staff. And nice. um, sorry that my phone's ringing. No, okay. <laughs> <And> I heard it. <laughs> To at least have you know the bones of it that we we can we can stay open and sort of handle uh, ticketing and reschedules and and stuff like that, but then we did go out into the community. We have a GoFundMe page on it's on Charity GoFundMe. They created a Charity GoFundMe, so we're on that page, State Theater Center for the Arts, and um, the public can also uh, make a monetary donation um, if they wish. Is there a spot on your website that they can do that through? or Yeah, actually, they can do it through the website, too. We have actually two platforms. So probably the easiest thing for the audience is to just go to statetheater.org, and you'll see right okay. on the homepage, there's a click here to support. That doesn't go okay. to GoFundMe. It goes to another platform, but it still counts. <laughs> it counts. Yeah, everything so. <laughs> counts at this yeah. point. So have they talked to you guys about when shows can premiere again? I know you said you know, there's about like 25 people that you're allowed to have at this point, which just is not, right. is not realistic. So have they talked about um, when you might be able to open up further or? Well, I know the state that? has not been talking about it so that, but in terms of the, uh, the community, the theater community and the agencies, um, there, we were in a position where we had a schedule for 21 starting in January. Um, and again, because COVID is not, you know, participating and helping us, yeah. <laughs> um, not it, it keeps, the line keeps moving, it, you yeah. know, keeps moving down the road. So, you know, now we're probably looking at hopes of um, being able to start in March. Um, but with these tours, you know, they're bigger than we are. They have, say, 20 dates and for them to 
put the money into it. And then all of a sudden, like locally, five, six, seven dates start to drop out. It's not worth it. So they're almost, they're waiting like we are for this, you know, kind of like go button. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And there's nothing much we can do about it. Um, We we will always uh, reschedule a show if we can versus a cancel. Um, And, you know, it's just a waiting game. It's difficult. I'm sure everybody feels that way in their lives. You know, it's just a, it's just a waiting game and, and we have to ride it and just do the best we can. Oh God. It has been such a stressful time. Like the first two weeks I was like, okay, like whatever, it'll be fine. And then they said a month and I I swear to you, I like went into a corner and started crying and I was like, this cannot be happening. And it just, I mean, we're, we're over six months in now. So it's really, um, and I think what a lot of people don't understand is that when something like this happens, especially to venues, there's so much more that that's behind the scenes with your venue um, and with other venues that people don't understand um, the chips really do fall all over the place. And it's um, I just feel so bad for anyone in, in that industry right. because they think you guys bring a lot of times so much to the community. Like, well, it's just entertainment. We'll get back to it, but really there's right. this whole backstory about people that it's their living. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it's what they do. So and their passion. Yeah. You know, this affects people mentally as well. And I mean, of course, your your living and your career and everything else is is, you know, huge. That's a huge deal. Um, but mentally, yeah. when you're not able to do, you know, the things that you love to do and get up and go to work and do this, it really affects you. So this snowballs into so many different directions. It's just such a such a shame. So statetheater.org guys, make sure you log on and and if you can, please, please make a donation to them so we can get some of these people some Thank help. You so um, you're welcome. So, Jamie, you began your career at the State Theater in 1995 and quickly advanced from box office assistant to marketing public relations associate. As the program continued to grow, you were appointed to director of marketing and became the vice president within 11 years of starting your employment there. That's pretty amazing and was really done during a time when women weren't necessarily first in line for vice president roles. So what do you attribute your success to? And why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey as a woman taking on such a powerful role? Well, I did start in the box office, um, but I could write. And so I, Mm I was, uh, I was, I had a good conversation with Shelly early on um, and Mm -hmm. told her I could write. And at that time we were a staff of maybe five people, you know, and I mean, there wasn't a marketing person. There wasn't a PR person. Like um, we were small. And um, so she gave me a shot. She gave me a shot at the press stuff. And then that turned into the, advertising stuff and it just sort of snowballed from there um i think that you know in terms of the gender thing you know we have this powerful very smart intelligent woman who runs this business and she recognizes talent um when when she sees it and and she nurtures it um and so you know, we've had ups and downs, but there's always this sort of trust, you know, and obviously Denise, uh, our other vice president is a woman. Um, we work, we, we all work very well together. 
Um, I do. I think it's important that there are women leaders. Of course, um, we need more yes. of them. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, but really, that whole uh, it just kind of snowballed. I mean, it just became my second home, and yeah. I've learned so much from the other staff members and from the industry. And it's just something I love. I'm very passionate about it. I mean, even as a kid, I loved concerts. I loved music, you know, stuff like that. So I could say I wasn't looking for it. You know, I don't, I, I could, yeah. and uh, I, it just, I just landed here because I needed a job and all of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> you know, here's your career. And I just feel so blessed. I feel like I hit the lottery with this you know, and I, and I do want to continue. And I think that's, what's a little scary is that, is it, is there a possibility <laughs> that it won't continue? Right. And I can't believe that. I have to believe that this community would save this theater, you know, we're less than a right. hundred historic theaters in the country. There, there aren't many left. And some of them have closed no. because of this it, it issue already. So, so you know, it really is a community project in my, in my mind. I mean, we run the business, yeah. but it's for the community. And I know so many people who have so many wonderful stories and memories of this. And, and it's been shown in this time period, how much people care about us. So we just have to continue um, with that mindset and on that path and see where it goes. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's nothing better. I mean, I like I said, I've been to, to your theater a bunch of times and there's nothing better than going out to dinner and then walking across and walking into this magical yeah. place. I mean, it really is beautiful inside. And my daughter, actually, um, for her third birthday, we got her tickets to um, one of the Christmas shows and we got her all dressed up and, you know, we we ate across the street uh -huh. at Maxim's and then we walked over and she just was like her yeah. eyes and the light and the smile. It just, it was such joy, yeah. such pure joy. And, and people have to remember that, you know, that's what it right. does. And good people. for you so, for introducing her to that. At a young age, we love yeah, I, kids are here. I mean, obviously we have the Freddie program, but even the little guys, I mean, it's like it, some of these kids think a theater is the movies. You know, a lot of them. Do. Yeah. No. So, you know, this this connection with other fellow people in the hall in a live performance is is massively different than than a movie. And, you know, it's it's something that we love to create for the community to experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, I really do think it's important, especially in the age of, that we're living with all of this technology and faces constantly in computers and on TVs right. and tablets and this and that to go see live performances, I just think is such a, an incredible thing. So um, another big accomplishment of yours is the role you played in developing the State Theater Freddie Awards program, which is a program that was established to recognize and award exceptional accomplishments in the production and performance of musical theater in high schools in Lehigh and Northampton counties in Pennsylvania and Warren County in New Jersey. Since the beginning of this program in 2003, it has impacted over 2,900 students yearly and over $1.5 million has been awarded in scholarships, internships, and community awards. 
not to mention the three Emmy Awards you won as producer for the telecast of this program as well. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot has been accomplished through this endeavor. And I'm curious as to how this all came about. How did you get the idea to start the program? What was the goal of the, the program, the accomplishments? What do they mean? The name, all of it. How did it all come um, Actually, I cannot take credit for the idea. Um, Shelly Brown, oh. um, we used to have in-person <laughs> meetings with other venues in a group called Concert. Um, it's the uh, Eastern PA venues. And um, someone there said that they had uh, a program that, you know, uh, represents and highlights high school musical theater. And she sort of had this light bulb and came back to us and said, we got to do this. And we all looked at each other because we're like administrative theater people. Like we are not producers. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't produce shows. (laughs) We bring them in. Right. We present shows. So we were all kind of like, okay. (laughs) Um, uh, Freddie obviously came from Fred the Ghost. So it was like, okay, yes. let's honor Fred. And it's, you know, you, you have fun with it. It's quirky and stuff like that. And it really connected to people. Um, that very first year and for a couple of years, we actually had civic theater help um, with um, the management of like the opening number and rehearsals and things like that, because we knew they were producers. They knew how to produce their own show. Mm-hmm. They were so extremely helpful and I'll always be very, very grateful to them. Um, And then it just became a format, you know, um, FMZ, God bless them because you're talking about a major television live production, three hours. Right. And that first year, Barry just said, yes, we're going to do this. And I have chills now just saying that. Because that yeah. doesn't happen in this country anymore. Everything's syndicated. Everything's, you know, corporate. Everything. We have this wonderful independent station in our community. And that's why it happens. If anything ever happened at FMZ, I don't know that we could ever afford a live television program for the Freddies. Right. Um, but it just kept evolving. I mean, I had no t- TV background. Shelly obviously had her TV <laughs> background. Um, she was with PBS 39. Yeah. And, and so she she knew and I just followed her like those first four years. It was just like, you know, I was always just listening and learning. And, you know, I, I ended up I end up doing the my job really becomes the um, the whole rundown of the show. And when something happens, like there's line items, obviously, for for three hours. So uh, I work with mm-hmm. someone at the station, Joel Keeler, and we put that that stuff together. Um, it's a lot of juggling. We have live presenters, so so um, I have to schedule them at certain times and get them here. <laughs> um, you know, there's mm-hmm. I, I'm actually involved in the Freddie program before the production in terms of the schools. I help our Freddie coordinator Frank Cooch with the with the school, situ- you know, um, uh, evaluations and and things like that. We have a we have a volunteer evaluator corps, which will go unnamed. <laughs> yeah, um, and um, 
there that volunteers that go out, I mean, we're talking about, I don't know what's going to happen in 21. I think everything's going to be smushed together if we could do it at all. But normally it's like end of February through um, the very beginning of May or end of April. And there's 30 schools and these people drive and they give up their time and they, it's all, it's all volunteer and they are so spectacular. Um, We couldn't, we couldn't do it without them. Yeah, that's incredible. And with with over 2,900 students each year, too. I yeah. mean, that's a lot of, of yeah. wrangling. <laughs> um, the, that night is the most magical night in this theater. Anybody will say it. I mean, I think, you know, we see these artists, these major artists, and they come in, and sometimes you get a really big artist, and you're like, oh, wow. But it's nothing like the Freddy yeah. night. Freddy night is just completely magical, turned-on energy. And the kids are so respectful. They're so wonderful. They just love the fact that they're being honored and being noticed. You know, these are like, you know, theater kids, which are usually nerds and stuff like that. And don't, I mean, even now with this, with the school system, you know, everyone's focused on sports, you know, but choir, theater, they can't do anything. They can't, you know, some schools don't even let them outside to sing. You know, and it's like they've right. always been that. We've always been sort of that backseat, the theater community. Yeah. Um, but this uh, program just, it just flourished. And there's, there we have kids that have gone on to Broadway productions, you know, or national touring productions, so or they end up in the business, you know. And uh, the scholarship component is very, very important to us. We have an education component within the evaluations, which gives kids some um, feedback, which is great. The scholarships are uh, really vital to us because we want these kids to, whatever they end up going on with, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, If they're a participant, they can qualify and put in an application for various, you know, scholarships. And we've had kids get full, full scholarships know theater scholarships yeah and for technical and for performance and um so that's that component is really really important to us that that keeps going yeah yeah and if you guys weren't really highlighting it and doing this the way that you do you know those scholarships Mm -hmm. could fall by the wayside it's not you know, they're not finding kids this, you know, in the arts, the way that you're right. being able to present them. So it's really an amazing thing that you do do for the kids. And if people want to uh, find out about the Freddie Awards, find out when it is, all that kind of stuff, they can go to statetheater.org as well because the information's right. on um, there too, right? We have a click right? through to the Freddie site, which is freddieawards.org. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, so your Emmy Awards, <laughs> what an incredible accomplishment. I mean, you must have been well, the first time away. I was. As a woman, <laughs> yeah, because you've got three of them, which is like Here's incredible. So as a woman who's <laughs> clearly been on a mission to keep the arts alive and flourishing, I mean, uh, what did this all mean for you as a producer, an artist? I don't it know. Just must it have just blown makes your me mind. really proud. It's proud. I'm very proud of what we did for this community. I think that the Freddies um, will always have its mark in this community and the people really, really, really connect to it. And I think that that is what makes, keeps me going. And, you know, my girls, I have, I have uh, two daughters and, and a son and grandchildren. And I just think 
I know that they'll be they'll be proud of me, you know, when they're older and they'll yeah. and they've seen, you know, what what we've accomplished here. They'll understand it a little bit more. And I don't know, it just I think it's the thing that keeps us going, the Freddies. And it's not really about the yeah. Emmys. Like there are years we don't get nominated, and years years we don't win, da 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 da. And it's never I never feel bad because I know we've already done our yeah. job and and we've already celebrated these kids and that's really the trophy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Giving back to the kids like that is is huge. And there's not a lot of places that do it and, and I just think that it's I mean, twenty nine hundred students yes. plus are in impacted by this every single year and kids are so important you know what I mean I I my life definitely took a turn once I had my kids and I was always a very passionate person I managed you know businesses for a little while I got into the event planning field um, got my degree in event planning but I really didn't get into what I wanted to do until I had my kids they ignited this passion in me and to be able to give kids give that back to kids you know take your passion that you have for something give it back to kids and show them this like magic and excitement and amazing and amazing opportunities is so important so what you're doing i like you said the emmys are incredible and it's and it's wonderful that you've won the awards but the award really is within yeah. the kids and what you, and if the I impact could, um, you've made add, on we uh speaking of kids um we do have our summer acting camp planned for next july the information's on the website um it's open now and it's for kids from first grade to um senior year and we have had some kids go through that whole pattern one to twelve um since we've been doing it so that's a nice introduction to to anybody who's interested if the kids are interested yeah well definitely check that out my one daughter wants to be a singer she's five She's five <laughs> years old. She can carry a tune, which is pretty remarkable because I cannot. I <laughs> so had a, I had a, young, I had a, I am the worst singing girl too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's all yeah. all amped up about being a singer, yeah. and she is a little that's actress great. at times too. So, yeah, so I would love to look into that. That's that's great as well. So, and that again is yeah, statetheater.org. Okay, perfect. That's awesome. Um, I'll definitely check it out. And everybody listening, you guys should too. If you've got kids in the area, check it out. In 2007, you created a partnership between ACE, which is the arts community of Easton, and the State Theater through reopening of the gallery for fine art exhibits. And you have served as the coordinator ever since. Why was this partnership important? And where is the exhibit, the art exhibit? Oh, it's in our, uh, we do have a gallery. It's at the corner of 5th and Northampton. Um, It has its own entrance. And um, we have, we have, it was built as a gallery um, when we did renovations. Um, But at the time, um, we weren't really utilizing it like, like we could have. And um, I got connected with ACE um, and was on their board for a while. Um, and, um, we decided, you know, they have a group show every year. And so the decision was that we would start that gallery up again on show nights so that people could come in and enjoy the space and the local art and, um, sometimes a bar. 
(laughs) you know, before, before the show, if they're standing outside, they might as well come in and, and enjoy the, the local scene. And it's, it's evolved into, um, we still have the A show every year, although this year it's been postponed. Um, But, um, and then after that, um, I do look for other local artists, photographers, or uh, fine artists and stuff like that, who are looking for the space and we use it um, as well for um, some school shows school art shows that look are looking for a bigger space mm-hmm. so it's become this nice little extra piece um, and we do have uh, sponsorship for it to, to to run it and it just is a nice uh, wonderful thing for the community I think it's important for us to um, you know, branch out into that fine arts aspect. We have the space, it's a beautiful space um, and and people are really, you know, they enjoy it before, before the show. Um, and then sometimes we have receptions in there and we use it for, for other um, event, you know, small events and stuff like that. So okay. great, I didn't even know that that was there. So I will have to yeah, check right that on out the floor. Learning a lot today, Jamie. (laughs) So you've done a lot and and you have a career that has spanned over 25 years, accomplishing goal after goal without deviating from your passion towards the arts. You sit on many boards, councils, you're a producer, vice president, a marketing manager. It's really impressive. So what advice would you give other women out there who are reaching for the stars as well? I just think follow your passion. If you find something that clicks just keep at it. Um, I thought I was going to, I was a a writer in, in school, you know, I got my degree in comparative literature and English, you know? Yeah. I just, I thought maybe I'd be a professor, you know, and then I just came back home and, and landed in this. And it just, you know, you know what you're passionate. If you know what your passion is, you're just going to keep striving for that, you know, and I have other passions. Um, you know, I'm very involved with uh, social justice and things like that. Um, uh, but uh, it, wherever you are, you know, in that, if you're at work or if you're doing something you love in the community or your church or something, um, you just really just put yourself into it. If you love it, yeah. then it's easier. You know, yes. I'm also on the board of our, our church and, okay. you know, it takes, it takes time, but it's so fulfilling. Yeah. And, and to have found a job and a found a group of people to work with for all these years, I just, I'm, I'm really blessed. I know yeah. that. And, um, and I wish it upon everybody cause it feels good. Yeah. It, it really does. When you can take your passion and put it towards something that you at the end of the day feel really good about, there's just, it's a world of a difference. Um, I, and the only thing I have to say about, to other women is yep. don't, don't take it from <laughs> yeah others. You know, you, you can do it. Yeah. Don't let them, don't let them bring you down. No. Cause you have it in you. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, is like, don't, um, don't talk yourself out of things. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we talk ourselves out of things because we're like, Oh, I can't do this or oh, yeah. it's never going to work. Well, you don't know that. So you have to follow those. Right. Follow especially, especially if you're a mother. Yeah. It's, it's harder. You struggle more. I mean, our schedules, theater schedules, sometimes they're crazy. And you yep. know, I, you know, I read some regrets about missing some stuff and it's hard. It's a balance. Yeah. But you can't, 
you can't put it on yourself. Just keep moving forward. That's actually why I got out of the event uh, field. I was mm-hmm. doing design and decor and I was in New York City for 22 hours a day. Yeah. Setups and breakdowns and all of that kind of stuff. And when I decided to have a family, I was like, it is just too much. I can't sustain this with a little baby at home, you know. And um, that's when I went back to my original passion, which was writing. And, um, and I'm like you, I feel very blessed to have been able to, to start writing and to really get into that career. Um, because it was something that I, I longed for, for years. It's my, it was what I originally went Uh to school for and everything else. So, um, yay for the writers. Yes. (laughs) Writers. Absolutely. The creative minds of the world. That's where I fall. So, and being able to do something with that has been great for me as well. So I think think your advice is on point. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank Um, you. We've talked about this a lot, but if people want to donate to the State Theater Center for the Arts, um, they can go to statetheater.org. If they want to reserve tickets or find out more information regarding upcoming shows, um, about your kids camp, about the Freddie Awards, they can go to statetheater.org. And there's an additional website for the Freddies, which is, what is it? Freddieawards.org. Okay, so they can can get to it through State Theater. Okay, great. So Mm -hmm. guys, statetheater.org. Thanks again, Jamie. Make sure you check out the Theater Center for the Arts, my Frankly Ferguson friends. Until next time, bye-bye. Bye.